This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. I am very proud of the lads of the way we play. We've played some great football. You know, I felt we deserved that, really, the least. I thought the offside goal was very, very disputed, really. I know you guys got the camera, but we think his foot, Colacini's foot, is definitely level with our lob. Uh, the referee had had one of them days, didn't he, really? Uh, you know, I think if, if that's any of my players, John Terry gets a booking. And De- De- Delaney's booking, I mean, the second booking, yes, he's, he's caught him, but then he gets away from him. If the ref just can't, and then he dives. You know, if he did, I can understand the, 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 you know, when you're a bit inexperienced, but I, I thought there was a lot going on there today. I can't fault the lesson, I thought they were fantastic, we tried to play the best we could um, and the decisions change games and you know you don't get a clearer penalty than Fraser's. Yeah, I mean it's a, you know, he takes his legs, no contact with the ball, ball's gone away, everybody in the ground and referee's in a good position in fairness to him and said he didn't see it, well I find it very difficult to understand how he can't see that and uh, following on from Zaha's penalty shout at West Brom and the assault on Julian at West Brom, to say we're not getting decisions is an understatement at the moment but don't take it away from the lads, I thought they played brilliant tonight. Well they're absolutely distraught tonight, you know, everybody's asking why we don't get decisions. The point is, this sucks as far as I'm concerned, no good. No good. Sorry, same old story. You're fired. Goodbye. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Uh, oh, first of all, uh, good evening to all the listeners. And straight away, we seem to have got Mark Bright on the phone. That almost surprised me there. Hi, Mark. I was, uh, it's just, quick. <laughs> I was, just, list- I was just listening on, um, on my iPad. <laughs> yeah, well, we're as confused as each other, but obviously the, the topic of discussion today is is clearly the decision to part with Neil Warnock. Can I just get your views on that, first of all? Yeah, just, I mean, I've spoken to, to obviously a few outlets today and um, you, you saw yesterday after, you saw yesterday, the second half, you know, the, 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 the Homesdale Fanatics, just silent, silent, it's like a silent protest. Never heard them like that. I've never seen anything like that from them. And they've been amazing since, you know, since administration. And, you know, they've created what, what, what Salah is, is, 
you know, a vibrant away game. The both voted the best away fans, um, voted the best fans um, last year, weren't they? So, you know, I think it, it just spoke volumes to to what's going on. Um, maybe people have lost patience. Um, the run of one winning 11, 12 games now. We're coming to the halfway stage of the season. 19, 19 games. Um, we're on 15 points. We've got a chance of winning tomorrow. That takes us to 18, which wouldn't be too bad. Wouldn't be much more than where we were last year, but uh, we had a, a, an amazing second half of last season. So I think you, you, you see the... the I, th- I think it was a culmination of, uh, you know, the teams we thought we would beat. Last, we beat last year. Th- those results didn't go for us. Um, we were unlucky in some. I think we can say that. Anyone who went to, to West Brom could say that that was an unlucky result. We should have had a penalty. There should have been a red card there during the assault on Julian. I mean, Neil wasn't wrong in, you know, that, that, that interview there at the start of, of the, um, of the, uh, the programme. Um, and now we just find ourselves in, in, in that position. Um, Keith back in charge. Hopefully just give everyone a lift. You know, everyone starts to complain all the time. Everyone's, you know, within the ground, people are saying, you know, you know, this isn't good enough. This is, you know, we all know that the results haven't been good enough. The players know the results haven't been good enough. The owners know the results haven't been good enough. But I think what you have to do is try and give people time. Try and give people time to sort out things, to sort out the situation. Otherwise, you're hiring and firing all the time. So we've come to that stage where... I think most people, and, and uh, you know, I, I read Facebook and I, and, I, and I try and respond to tweets where they just feel that the, the time was right for a change um, for, for Crystal Palace Football Club. And, um, and I think, you know, Steve, never, 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 we, we chatted last night, we chatted after the game, um, and that was it this morning. I mean, um, decision was made and, and now it's, it's, it's to the who next. Yeah. Um, I think I think what you have to say is, listen, Neil t- Neil took up the job, very little notice, very you know, very yeah. little time to prepare, with a couple of days, you know, and uh, and you know, in September we were like, was it two wins and a draw? Was it was a good month for us? Um, but apart from that, you know, with with three wins, you know, you'd have to say Burnley. I, I expected to be Hall, regardless of they've spent a lot of money. Yeah, I still think you know, we we, we expected to get something West Brom. We we, we got a draw when we, I thought we should have won. Sunderland beat us, you know, Villa beat us. Stoke withdrew, and they they're all games that you know we, we which we consider our our key you know yeah. key connection games in terms of where we are where we expect to finish around that mid table and those teams are expecting to finish that that sort of area as well too. Um, you know we have to say Julian pulls off a penalty save against yeah. Burnley, which could have gone the other way really. We could have lost that game. So um, all, all in all, it's um, that's where we are. And you know for all the doom mongers amongst us, I've just you know I've been writing a piece what I haven't posted yet. And, I've, you know, in the piece I just put, let's look back and let's look at the playoff final. And, you know, we, 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 we get to the Premier League. We stay in the Premier League. And then we can look at um, the club who's not too far away, we don't hardly mention, and look at their fortunes, how they've changed, mm-hmm. how they could have been the team in the Premier League. Now yeah. they're the team who are, who are struggling to stay in the championship. So it's not all doom and gloom for us. We are in the league we want to be in. We're not in the position we want to be in. That's fair to say. Everybody knows that. You know, do I think this team can survive? Yes, I do. Yes, I absolutely do. 100%. I look, I go down the training ground and I've got to say to you, I go down most weeks, chat to the players, chat to the younger boys. You know, as, as you know, I, I do some coaching Thursday nights in the academy. And I have to say, the atmosphere all the way through, the boys maintained a level, you know, I go in the gym and listen to them and 
so, you know, you just talk to the, the older ones and the younger ones and, you know, everybody wants to do well. The, the whole, they're, they're together. They're still together, you know, and um, I think you saw, we're 3-0 down yesterday and I'm not sure if it was Damien or, it was Damien on, on the edge, I think, or Scott down as well, throwing themselves in front of the ball, you know, just blocking it like, like we were 1-0 up or something and, yeah. and chasing them. And I, th I thought the spirit's still there. The spirit's still there within the team. And, and, and hopefully now we can just kick on. We can, you know, go to QPR tomorrow and just say, do you know what? This is it. New broom. Here we go. We have to start again now. This is, we're coming to the last game at the turn of the year, halfway stage. Right, let's finish, let's finish off this year in, with a win, which will take us to, what, to 18 points. And then we're not too far off where we were last year and where we want to be. New guy comes in, picks up the reins, and off we go. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, obviously, you've covered everything there, and I'm very aware you, you, you need to head <laughs> off. Um, just on, on that last little bit then, Brighty, um, coming up next, who, you know, who, who have we got? You know, who, who's out there that we can get in? Have you got any kind of ideas of the kind of person you think we should go for? Jose Mourinho. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah, right, sorted. Um, no, just <laughs> listen, last time it took a long time, and... Um, <clears throat> I don't think we have that time this time. I don't think we'd afford that time, four weeks, five weeks to choose a manager. I think something has to be done. I, I, I wouldn't, myself personally, um, I spoke to Steve this morning. Apart from that, nothing really. He, um, my feelings are that I don't think he would gamble. I don't think he would go with an overseas manager because I think that he would want someone who knows the league. You, you have to know this league. and you, you know there's certain things about the Premier League that you, you just, just, you just need to know. Regardless of how good a coach you are, I'd have to say, Koeman's come in and done a really good job and picked up the reins off Potticino. And that wasn't the best team that's played at Salas yesterday. But, you know, you saw how uh, like they've, 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 they've continued that, that good sort of form and good, good football style. They've replaced good players with good players who've left. And that's the real key to being successful in, in any team, as you know. If you don't replace those players who move away with as good as players, you, you start the slip and the slide. And we've all seen it happen over the years where it's very difficult to replace certain players. So, you know, they sold £90 million with the players Southampton and they replaced them with good, good players who've, who've maintained that level and, and kept the standards high. So, you know, we, we, we would aim to do the same thing in terms of we need to get somebody in quickly. That person needs to identify the, the areas that need strengthening. Most people know we, we, we need a left-back. We need a left-back. Yeah. Zeki hasn't lived up to what we thought he would. Um, he hasn't pushed for a first-team place. It's, it's meant that Joel's played out of position. I think that's that, that he's done that, you know, great sort of like spirit in terms of, you know, would I like to play left back or left? No, I'm a right back or I'm a, a right winger or I'm a centre mid, centre midfield player or a centre forward. That's where I want to play. That's where I'm at my best. That's where I can do do well for the team. But he's gone and played there and he's not complained. And you know, it's um, it's a, it's a sort of like it's a credit to him, you know, and his professionalism that he'll just pick up the reins and go there. So um, we switched and changed a little bit at the back. And like we have up front, but we, what we need to do is now is go, right, this is it. This is how we're going to play. And this is how we're going to prepare. And this is what we're going to do like we did last year. And we're going to cause teams problems. Um, we're going to cause teams problems on the counter. We're going to make ourselves hard to beat. To beat. Is it three clean sheets against 10 last year so far? So there's, a, you know, a, a, a lot that we can wish for if you like, but a lot that we can say we can get back. We can get this back. I believe the players, are, they've got it amongst them to get it back to where we were last year, that the high standard which we set ourselves towards the end of the season, the run of five games, five straight wins, which is, which, which kind of culminated, was it the West Ham away where we kind of reached the 40-odd point mark and 
the players, you know, show their appreciation to the fans for their great support. And, and we can do that again. And I'm, I'm, I'm honestly saying, sitting here and saying to you now, do I think we will stay up? Yes, I do. You know, we need to get someone in place. Steve has, has an idea. Um, I don't know who they are, but my, my gut feeling is it would be somebody who probably has to be managed in the Premier League. Probably someone who knows what we're about because of what happened last year. Um, so they're going to need to know a little bit about the club and the strengths of the team. So there are, there are candidates out there. There are people out of work who, who are desperate to get in work. It's not a job you have to advertise. My phones rang all day. People yeah. asking me to forward their names to Steve to pass down, you know, agents. This is, this is my, my, this is my client. He's a manager. He, you know, he's interested. Can you pass his details on to Steve? Um, and, and so Steve will be sifting through things that if it comes my way, just forward the email on. And, and, and we, haven't, we haven't got a sporting director at the moment, so yeah. Steve's left um, doing all the th- all the, the paperwork. And if, if, if you know, talking to Martin and, and to Steve and to to Jeremy, is that somebody's phone? I think I don't. Know, it's not ours. I'm not sure what's happened. They oh. just suddenly went very loud. <laughs> um, never mind. No, that's yeah. Um, it, it's my phone ringing because the person who's come to collect me is here. <laughs> Fair enough. That's right. you, you've, you've... I'm sorry I have to um, to dash the cars here. I have to go. But listen, keep the faith, honestly. And I, I truly believe that, you know, with the great support, with the players we have and the confidence that they, 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 they can get back and to, to last year how we were, and we can have another good go at it. And, you know, I, I, I speak to the players and I go down and see them. I don't think they're too despondent at the moment. But, but you know that... We need to start, and they know we need to start and, and get back to where we were. And, and I believe that we can do that. So I'm sorry I'm not going to listen to the rest of the show to see what people got to say, but I'm sure everyone's got an input. And it's important everyone has an input. It's your club. You know, you go there, you go week in and week out, you buy a season ticket, you should have a say, and you should, you should have opinions because that's what it's all about. And, and, and listen, Steve reads the, the BBS and, he, and he, he looks at Twitter. And, you know, I, I personally, the guy who said something to me tonight on Twitter, I, I don't know who he is, but, you, you know, he, I, I, I'm, I'm honest. I'm honest with the, trying to be honest with the fans. I try and be honest with Steve and everybody else who asks me and talks to me. I think the boys are doing a good job from where we were. We were in administration. We're now back in the Premier League. We stayed in the Premier League. We're trying to stay in it again and build for the future and keep the whole thing going and moving forward, improve the club every year. And I think they're trying to do that. And it's, it's unfair to say that you're clueless, you're this, you're that, you're the other. Steve's trying to make good decisions. You know, and if anyone else is in the same position, when you're in that position and you've got all this going on around you, you know, sometimes there's no clarity. But, you know, you have to have a good business head on you. And I I believe he's got a good business head on him and he wants what's best for the club. I'm tired of people saying that it's his fault Tony Pulis left. That will all come out one day. But, you know, it's gone. It's past. We have to move forward now. Um, You know, I was was as disappointed as anybody when Tony left. Trust me. But yeah. you know what? He set, he set the standard for what the club can achieve and what the players can achieve personally. And the players know what that standard is. And at the moment, they're below that standard. So they've got, they have to get back to that standard, which he and they achieved together. Definitely. Cheers, bro. Thank you so much. We'll let you go, mate. Really appreciate your time. Cheers, Mark. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Wow. Okay, excellent stuff. I mean, yeah, brilliant to hear someone, you know, speak with such passion there and, um, yeah, pretty clear indication. I don't know how we've, we've talked about the Tony Pulis thing that we, I don't know how much you said, Joe, about what you know, but it will come out what eventually will happen there, won't it? So, um, but yeah, that was great it, it to hear. Needs we, to. It yeah. needs to, though, Chris. It, it really does, needs yeah. to. But the thing is, it needs, it needs someone 
who really wanted to come out for it to come out. And then yeah. all the people that were going, yeah, get him back, get him back to the club, they would never have him back in South London, yet alone back to our club. That's a great, great reaction to, to Mark Bright's show. We're going to have to try and digest it and, and ourselves and, and talk around it. I mean, obviously, we didn't really have a an intro at the start, so let's just let's just go through what this is. This is obviously a whole Radio Extra special um, in in light of Neil Warnock leaving the club. Uh, I am Chris Hambling, and, and with me today are Mr. Joe Holyoke. Hello. Uh, we've got Patrick O'Connor as well. Hello. 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 And we have a special guest presenter. It's Terence from RedAndBlueArmy.co.uk. Hi, Terence. Hi, guys. Hey, and uh, so yeah, the focus is on the dismissal of Neil Warnock tonight, and we'll look at what led to this. Whether we feel that he was unlucky as he says he was, and I'm sure we'll argue about the whole "I told you so" debate and all that kind of stuff that's going on on Twitter at the moment. Uh, and then we'll have a look to the future about who we, you know, we think that we need and who's likely to come from Palace. But we also want to hear from you today as well. Uh, you can give us a call on 0208 1234098. You can uh, email us through hollradio.net forward slash contact. Uh, we're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash HOL radio, or you can just tweet us at HOL radio. Uh, but what we're going to do now, just before we come back, is I've got the last, um, the last post-match interview from Neil Warnock, just to get a little flavour um, of how he was feeling after the Southampton game. You know, you can't, if you look at the three goals, you can't concede goals like that. That's been our strength, I think, this season, really. Um, uh, defending well and, and breaking, but we, you know, the goals are all very, very poor. Without naming individuals, they know who, you know. We, you know, we've had a chat after, and the three goals. You know, I thought we came back well in the first half. Uh, I thought the first was a sloppy goal, but having conceded that and, and facing an uphill battle, I thought we came back well. Had a lot of play in the box, a lot more than we normally do in the box. But that, like that devilman, the, you know, getting across the goalkeeper or making something happen in there, and uh, and then we regrouped at half time, and I thought, well, you know, we could give them a good game, and then to lose. A goal, one within three minutes and two within seven minutes. I mean, it, it does kill you, really. And all credit to him, really, for not just caving in. I thought I thought McCarthy was fantastic today. Uh, didn't deserve to be on the losing side. Um, but when you concede goals like that, you're going to be facing an uphill battle. And that's what we were. Well, individual, it's not for me to, you know, on record. to. to I've told the people in the dressing room, what I feel about the goals, and we've just got to eliminate the mistakes. You know, it's in no disrespect to Southampton, it wasn't Southampton's fantastic play when you look at the goals. It was the goals' defensive side of our game that needs uh, needs retuning. Some of the fans were unhappy, I think, with the substitution of the last of from Do you feel under? Yeah, I mean, his, his wife's having a baby. He was he was tired before the game today, so with Palace uh, playing the QPR in. 24 hours and not just much more than that I just felt just save his legs for a little bit are you with me? Uh, and no you listen you know when you take Bellagio off and you're losing 3-0 you're going to get stick <laughs> but you've just got to think about QPR really um, so I've no, I've no complaints and I've no complaints about him having a go either Whatever. Would this be your last job? <laughs> God, I've said it about 15 times, I don't really. I don't, I don't think I can answer that. I think you've got to ask other people. I, I'm just doing the best I can with what I've got and hoping that we can uh, improve the squad, in the squad in the next in the next 10 days and uh, and giving it a good go in the second half of the season. You know, that's that's my only objective on that. Other things take care of themselves, if I'm honest. Oh, sorry. Yeah, well, we, 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 we've, we've, like I said, we've made offers for um, one, two, th three, three strikers. 
as a talk we, we know we're not going to get them all um, but it, it's whether clubs will want to let the players go um, you know there's all everybody's involved in African nations and Asia Cup and everything like that in January aren't they so it's, it's, it's going to be a difficult scenario but uh, you know, I'm hopeful that we can get them over the line as quickly as we can. You know, in early part of January and uh, before the Tottenham game, I'm hoping that we can have a couple on board uh, to give us more of a balance, really. Mm, I mean, I'm sitting here in silence. Into contact jingle, then mic open. <laughs> mm. Mm. So nothing went wrong. That was all exactly as planned just then, um, totally. And I'm sure at some it was just a whistling noise. And I'm, I'm sure at some point the uh the hiss I can hear in the background will go away as well. There we go. That was my little hint. Uh Joe, you wanna speak first? Go for it, mate. Yeah, I'll just um firstly we're saying about contact, people contacting. I mean obviously I'll get texts while we're going on. So um Paul, it was a quick game too, uh on Homesdale, uh, said you better talk some sense tonight. I've told the missus I've got a dodgy tummy, I meant to go out for dinner in Zagreb, but now sitting and listening to the show. <laughs> so we'll try and be a little bit more sensible than what we usually are. Yeah. Um I, what do you want me to do? I've got to start somewhere. Well, let's, let's talk about Brighty, first of all. Obviously, we've had, okay. we had he said an awful lot there. And to be honest with you, I'm going to have to listen back to the podcast um, after the show to, to be able to re- respond to it all. But I thought very positive, wasn't he, Joe? Well, he has to be positive because, like he said, you know, we've, we've got no director of football. We've got no one that, that can help Parrish and Co now. Um, I mean, he, you know, it sounds like he's been put in front of the media for the club, um, which is... Very strange. Oh, oh. Himself in uh, yeah, we've got we've got a caller basically, and the caller has got our show on, so we can actually hear our show through the caller. Yeah, if I can just turn it down for hey, a second. Hi, right, caller. Can you turn the uh, radio oh, down? Will do, yeah. yeah. Cheers, mate. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's just being put in front of uh, put in front of the media for the club, um, and and the way that he comes across is always very positive. I mean, it has to put a positive spin on it, and the only thing we can do now as a as a club and uh, as a whole complete club now is put is just put some positivity. I mean, you know, I've been trying not to. You know, we you know we get told bits and pieces in confidence, and and you, there's certain stuff that we can and can't say. But you know, I'm I'm glad that Brighty said a certain thing at the end of that uh, tonight because, like he said, if there's certain stuff that comes out that that really can clear up a lot of a lot of uh, controversy about Tony Pulis. Absolutely, we'll we'll definitely come back to that. We've we've got a caller on the line, so uh, quickly, mate. Um, sorry to keep you. What, what what's your point? Uh, it's Keith here. Uh, hi, good evening. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not surprised Walnut's gone. I, my prediction at the beginning of the season was that uh, he'd go by Christmas, so I'm probably a couple of days out. Um, the, the things that, that, that worries me at the moment is with the transfer window starting now, you know, who's going to be doing the uh, dealings in the transfer market? Uh, and also um, with the players that we signed previously, I mean, personally, I think the only guy that's... Um, really made any impact on the side is MacArthur. Um, yeah. I heard Mark Bright briefly mention about the left back that we signed. Now, it was reported when we signed him that, that um, we actually paid in the region of three million for him. Yeah. Um, it, if that is the case, it does seem very weird that um, this guy's not not uh, not be given a chance, or did we make a big mistake in signing him in the first place? 
Yeah, that's a really good point. We mentioned him, uh, Zeki Fryers, on the on the show the other, I think, on the Christmas show. Actually, he was talking about that, and we did spend quite a huge sum of money on him. And the thing is, he had such a great reputation. Um, and say Tottenham did an awful lot to prize him away from Man United, including him getting him playing abroad for a short while there. So it seemed like a, a good decision to make. Very quickly, Joe, you want to talk about that? Yeah, I just want to tell Keith that Mark Bright actually just said to us that he's he said that Zeki's not pushing for a first team place. Now, you can read into whatever you want in there, but we've paid three million quid or whatever for a player that's come into our squad. Literally, we don't have a left back, and he's not pushing for that place. I, you can read whatever. I don't know. I don't even know what to think about that, Keith. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I just can't understand why why we ever, you know, went for him in the first place. I mean, I'm sure no Palace fans had ever heard of him. And, and why are we paying three million on a on a fullback that's never played. And, and the other worrying thing is, I mean, we've been linked with um, Gomez from Swansea now. The, the, the reported fee for him is either six to eight million. Now, Swansea signed him in the summer for nothing. He's hardly played a game for Swansea this season. How does his fee go up to six to eight million? There's a possibility we might spend that, that sort of money on him. Well, I mean, you, you can, you can. Everyone has a price, and if they decide that his price is six to eight million, then you know it's up to the clubs to negotiate a price. It's as simple as that. But I, you know, I know Steve Parrish. Well, sorry, not Steve Parrish. Yeah, he was actually Parrish. He was comment uh, quoted in the press saying that uh, it looks like the targets might well change. So um, we'll see if that still goes ahead. I know you, you made a, a point about transfers in general. I know you wanted to come in on that, Terence. Yeah, I'm, I'm not so sure that the targets will change at this stage now. But that was just dependent on if the players decide that now it's not going to be Warnock there, that they don't want to come anymore. At, at, at this stage, we've made that mistake already in terms of having to change targets because a manager changing so close to a transfer window. Yeah. I don't think we want to do that again. Well, I think we'll need to stick with the targets we've got. And then for if we employ a manager with long-term thinking, then they get a fresh slate from August. But at the meantime, we've set our targets out. We know what we need to strengthen. We've, as a lot of work's gone into it, so we're going to need to stick with that. How do you think the Glenn Murray situation might change either for better or worse now that Walnut's gone? Well, my my understanding of the Glenn Murray situation is if Reading want to sign him and Murray wants to stay, then we have no say. Right. Well, Murray wants yeah. to stay with Paris. It, pff, I, I hope so. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, no, you're right, yeah. If Murray Murray has to has to agree to a transfer, doesn't he? Is the basic answer, yeah. Yes. So the the only chance of Murray staying seemingly, if Reading have the money to buy him, is Glenn saying that he wants to stay at Palace and give Come it a go. Yeah. And obviously get get an indication from management that that will happen as well. Uh, mm. that's, that's, the, that's the big question, Keith. I mean, going, going back to what you were saying about who's handling the transfers, I think, obviously, Brighty said that um, Steve Parrish is currently having to operate alongside, I mean, I don't think he said alongside Tim Coe, but it will be alongside Tim Coe, the chief scout, as the sporting director. So, effectively... The scouting network is identifying players, and Parish is having to do the negotiation part there. So um, that's currently the setup, and obviously that's not going to change while there's while there's no manager in place either. So um, all this stuff people say about you know the, the chairman signing the players effectively is going to be going to be true for the short term. Certainly, I'm sure they'll get impact, uh, input from Keith Millen and the coaching staff, but you know that, I think that's where we are at the moment. Mm. So. Uh, with you guys there, I mean, who would you like to see come in at the moment? It's a real tough one, isn't it, Keith? I yeah. have to say. Um, I think so. 
Um, it, it's I, I, I'm sure we'll talk about it in detail. Like my my initial thought was we're going to go for. I think I was trying to think of someone that Steve Parrish rates, and I know he still rates Eddie Howe, who's doing a great job at Bournemouth. And that was the sort. That was my first initial thought, but since then, I just, I just, my head's been all over the place looking at who's in the odds. I mean, Sherwood just seems a really strong shout because it's purely on the odds basis. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd certainly go for him, but uh, I certainly wouldn't, uh, certainly wouldn't be going for Friedman. I was never a Friedman fan in the first place, so I certainly wouldn't be looking for him to come back. And I'll, I'll be very surprised if. Um, Parrish was as well, but um, you never know. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you know. We're gonna let you go, Keith. We really appreciate your call. It's been brilliant. Cheers. Thanks, Thank Keith. you so much. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, I think we did have another caller lined up. Here we go. Uh, hello, you're on Homestay Radio. Hello. Yes, uh, it's Paul from Coulston. Hello, Paul. You're right. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. No, I was just interested to talk about the um, <clears throat> uh, well, I suppose the bark of the signings with the Murray, uh, Andrew Johnson, Kevin Doyle, um, mm. and it always just seems to be shambolic. Um, at Palace, it's just a, why have we never had any consistency, and why have we ever never managed just to have since Koppel, we've never had a manager stay uh, consistently and make a difference. And I think statistically, we've got the highest turnover of managers out of any football club uh, in England. Uh, just there's wow. got to be something in the club. Uh, go on, Patrick, you take this one. Hello, Paul. Um, I think every situation has been a little bit different. Um, if you go back to obviously the initial hiring of, of Burley, that just didn't work out, obviously, because you know they were brand new owners and you know they just felt like the results weren't going okay. We brought in Friedman, and everybody thought Friedman would be around for a long time, and he actually did a great job, you know, on the field. And then a position came up available, and he and he and he left. So that was difficult. And then obviously, I really liked the hiring of Ian Holloway. He did a great yeah. job getting us promoted, and then you know we got the I, the whole debacle with the Fulham matches there, and the results weren't going well, and he got he decided to leave. So I think the situation has been different in every case, but I like you am worried about what's going on with the manager, and I think that's why I think this this particular hire is going to be very key for us, whether we go with a uh, proven Premiership or Premier League person or someone a younger person. It's it's I think it's the most important hire we've ever ever had for the club personally. Yeah, it's always feels, feels make or break for Palace. Always think that you know the next manager is going to make or break us. But I think I've always thought because of where we live in Croydon, the demographic, we just have every six or seven years we have a side does well, we have a good few players come through, we sell them off, and then we just go back to our level again. Huh. Um, and then the That's next couple of players come through, bring us up, get us to sort of just punch it above our weight. And I think yeah, we've made it this time. <laughs> we sell them off again, we go to admin, we get relegated, yeah, yeah. manager walks out, and it's just, I don't know, it sounds like we've got bad juju at the club. That's the Palace way though, Paul. The only thing is, with, with these guys in charge, or with these guys looking after <coughs> our money, we won't do administration again. That's the only good thing. We might do a relegation, but I can assure you now that they will not let the, this club go into administration. You know, they've put a lot of money in to save us, and, now the, and to the point where we are now, we are a financially a good a, a viable club. You know, we we don't have huge debt. I know that football runs on debt, but you know the, the main thing is that we're not getting that we're not on our knees in front of a bank manager. No, I, think, I, I totally agree. To be honest with you, I mean, the uh, uh, apart from the Ron Nodes era, since that's when I started going to Palace, sort of eighty seven, eighty six, um, it has been as everyone knows, being a Palace fan, it's a real roller coaster. And um, but it would be nice we, if we've got the ball behind us that's going to stick around for a while. That would be great. It would just be nice for once, just to have a manager who just stuck around for five or six seasons. And, is, there, 
I saw a bit of success and maintained it for once. Totally agree, Paul, but it's, it's such a tough thing to do, isn't it? If you look at the, the, the average, I think the longest-serving manager in the Premier League after Arsene Wenger, I think, is, is Alan Pardew at Newcastle. But is, I, think yeah. the, I think the average stay of a manager is is something in the region of, of you know, 18 months or so. It's ridiculous. Um, and it just It's so hard to get stability. because. But you look at the situation we're in now, if, if you take the emotion out of it, mm. you know, where, um, if you go and, and look where we came from, it's kind of like... Actually, if you if you look broadly speaking, we're in the Premier League. We've been a success, second successive season for the first time ever at yeah. Premier League level. So, really speaking, we're actually moderately successful by our standards. Yet, no, still, totally still, a, still, a run of results means. I mean, it's it's not like just a little uh, reaction against the manager. It's it's effectively demanding he gets sacked and then he's sacked. And we we got a responsibility there as well of being patient when possible. But I think. In all honesty, it had it had crossed a line yesterday against Southampton. It's a really tough one. I, I know where you're coming from. No, I, re- I just think just if we could get even if we got relegated this season, we'd invest in a decent manager who's going to stick around. I know it's as you say, it's very very difficult to predict the future because apparently, so I did hear Freeman didn't want the job when he initially gave it to him, and he was pushed into it and took the job. I was never a big Freeman fan to be honest with you. I think he had probably about ten or twelve decent games in the season that he left us. Apart from that, he played some of the worst football I ever saw at Palace. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, <laughs> and who could predict that someone who didn't want the job who had a bit of success then went and left it for someone else? But yeah, this disappointment is so important, and I, I'm sort of almost resigned to the fact that we're going to get relegated this season. But it's important whoever we get in sticks around, builds the club. As you say, we've got the board. Let's get. It'd be fantastic to have a manager who's around for five for five or six years because you know at Palace you're always in it. You've come through. Mm, exactly. So, just all about disappointment, and I've got a feeling that my war is going to be Popovich. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's not a bad shot because we did actually approach him uh, to talk about the last one. Uh, sorry, Terence, I think you were about to speak there. Yeah, um, football is a business now. It's not how football used to be, and all of these people, Steve Parish, etc., have come from business type environments, and that's what they know to work within. And managers in the business world don't last very long in certain areas of the business or departments or so on. They move on after yeah. a couple of years in charge, three maximum, and they go somewhere else and then mm. they get someone else in to freshen up ideas. Mm. And that's, that's just how it is now. And we've got to remember this, uh, there's the days where you've got managers of six, seven years, a few and far between, I believe. I just don't think that's going to be the case anymore in football. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. sense. Uh, Paul, we're going to let you go right, now. Yeah, really many thanks for your time. All the best. Cheers. 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 See Again. you. Bye bye. And we've got another caller straight away, I believe. So you have to wait for the point you're going to make, Joe. Uh, hi, who's speaking? You're on Homes of Radio. Happy New Year, Jerry and Joe. Hey, and it's Jerry. Are you? I'm up All in right. Cheshire and I'm listening to you. And thank you for being on the air because I was already getting. Uh, cold eagling when I had the news I said wouldn't it be great they could be on there tonight eh a two, a two year a two week holiday well Chris what amazing club and support as Joe was saying that's Palace we're never going to get a manager never is a strong word that's going to be around for five years well, football's not that industry unless we take up but we've got to stay with what we know you know this Chris and I think your panel know this whatever you criticism people knock out Steve Parish and everybody's right to be criticised whether it's negative or positive they have taken us forward. They're into a five-year plan, perhaps even longer, but we have progressed. And the fact is, Neil got the sack because we just wasn't good enough. And I've got to say, we've lost too many home games, and we, we and 
think the confidence in team is draining. We need a left back who's left footed to can play left back. He's good enough to play left back. We haven't got one. And I know Joe and yourself, Chris, I'm not saying Murray's the answer, but when he comes back, please God he won't get injured tomorrow when he plays. It gives us an option. It may not, it gives us a resource that we haven't had. We need something different. He's not the fastest guy in the world. I know you're rolling your eyes up to the ceiling, Chris, but <laughs> you know, we we need we need someone in. We need we need a manager in and I do think it's got to be some of the, the premiership experience. Who that person is, I don't know. But King is dead, no threat to him, not literally in, in Neil's case. He was a great guy, but basically, where we lost, where we lost the dressing lot, we just lost too many games. We're not going to score. We weren't going to score for uh, uh, Love of Blue L. And, uh, you know, we love this club, you love this club. We've got uh, different opinions. But we have got to get behind a new man. And we've given ourselves, just like that eagle and balloon with the, that glass, with the glass is half full, not empty. Absolutely. We've got half a season to regroup and say, come on, let's go with it. Don't think we would have stayed up under nil. It's easy for me saying that because like yourself, Chris, and Joe and people watch the Palace or whether they watch it live or not, we, we were losing too many own games. And we were losing too many against too many sides who are who are competitors in, time, in, in terms of staying up. And we were playing well against middle uh, middle of middle of the road sides and upper upper north, and we weren't even scoring against them. That's not good. No, absolutely not. No, it's been a, it's, a, it's been a difficult period, hasn't it, Jerry? But um, like you say, there's, there's a lot to be positive about, and it is a case of just getting that right man back in charge. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you know. I, I don't I don't buy into Chris this idea that. You know, uh, the owners want to take us back into the championship. I think they desperately keep us in the Premiership. They must know that because, in terms of you know doing more things in the back of their mind. And the thing is, right? This is the thing, because you and I and Joe and, and your panel have different opinions. But the bottom line is, the baseline. Excuse me. The baseline is we all love Palace. We want best for Palace. You know. The thing is, right? Um, we're a desperate sort of club. It's not only on the pitch, it's the passion off the pitch. And the fact is, you know, watching, I know it's only for the Keo, watching the goals and that, and, you know, the Palace Fanatics were starting to, were starting to kind of like regress as a, as a team on the pitch. The confidence is not there. And I'm just pleased that we have got another option in, um, in uh, Curry and Murray, uh, Hurry, uh, come January. That's if he doesn't get injured. Because if we don't, if we sell Murray, Fair enough. We sell him. Who we got? We got no one. I don't think the players we bought in the summer are good enough. We ain't personally. got anyone now. Yeah, I agree with you. We haven't. We, you know, you know, Campbell is good, but the joke is, God knows what the fee is set for uh, Reading or any club that might, might want to purchase uh, Murray. But the thing is, it's probably going to cost more than we paid for Campbell. We, the team's diluted. But the thing is, what's what's really interesting. I don't want Pulis back at the club, don't get me wrong. But the nucleus of the side, that what he did with that side, New Warner, we've just gone backwards, unfortunately. Well, and that's, yeah, that's I mean, worrying. Yeah, maybe maybe that maybe that's the case. You know, it's it's a, it's difficult. It's difficult to call it. It's a different it's a different setup. It's a different team. It's a different division now. They've all strengthened as well. Jerry, we're gonna have to let you go, mate. You've uh, you've had. A- you know, had a good man. Happy New Year. I'll see you in the New Year. All take care. Thanks, Jerry. Cheers. Great cup. Bye now. Cheers, Jerry. Bye. Uh, thank you. Yeah. 
huge uh, run of calls there, so we're, uh, I'm a little bit disorientated. But we had plenty. People have had plenty to say. A lot of people worried about the transfer window coming up, and that's always going to be the, the biggest question when you, right? You know, as we approach the transfer window yet again, and you know that's always a worry. Um, Joe. I just want to quickly make the point what Paul was saying about, you know, he said he wants stability within the club. Well, this is, this is what football is about, all about these days. You were talking about stability, getting a manager in and, and trying to build a team. Is that according to the papers and some, some people that are in the know, is that Man City are after Sterling from Liverpool. Now, if Liverpool can't keep a player, we haven't got a hope in hell. And it's mm. as simple as that. When a, when a player, I can see Blassi if he if he pulls his finger out and he starts gets back to where he was a month ago, three weeks ago. I mean, he had a bit of a me yesterday, but they you know take nothing away from them. I think they they doubled up on him immediately and and just got into him and stopped him playing. But if Blassi gets any better, he ain't he won't stay with us. Someone will just come in and do what they did with Wilf. When Wilf was when him and Wilf were on fire, Wilf was on fire. Man United coming and went. Do you know what? Thanks to some of that, it didn't work out, or it hasn't worked out at the moment. And that, that will always be. It happened when I was a kid at the club. You know, in the, in the late seventies, whenever we got anyone decent, they just get bought up. It's the Palace way. We have to deal with it. And teams like City now that can literally afford like a City the other day on, when we did the show. When you've got their Pellegrini moaning that he's got a billion quid squad and he ain't got a forward, they just go and spend fifty million quid on another one. Doesn't matter. And that's what uh, they'll do. Patrick? Um, to one get something that Jerry said, I think it's made a very good point about our home form. I'd mentioned that earlier that, um, or before that I think that's what's really hurt Warnock as much as anything else is that we've been played, we've played so poorly at home. Look at QPR. They've lost every single away match but have really decent home form. If it wasn't for that, they probably would have fired um, Redknapp before they fired Warnock. So I think the, the fact that so many people are watching us play so poorly at home has really been his detriment as much as anything else. I think that's that's a really good point, yeah, and you're right, and Jerry observed it rightly as well. It, it and it has been a worry because it's not been the same um, watching Palace at home either in the stands. I don't think. I think it's it's, it's felt just a little off all season. I know uh, a guy who listens, Mike, had, had messaged me earlier in the season and said, "Don't you think it's it just feels a little off? It doesn't feel like last season." And I was kind of like, "Yeah, but you know, we'll get that bad couple of wins and all that sort of stuff." But it has felt a little bit flat. And, you know, obviously the HF made their decision not to sing in the second half yesterday um, in, in protest at the management. And, and that, that's had an effect. And as is, I think as is everyone's attitude, you know, substitutions being booed and, you know, obviously just, just a general sort of malaise. And it, to be honest with you, I mean, Southampton on Boxing Day has bad memories for me because it was one of the worst away games I ever went to as well recently. It was, it was Southampton away at Bo- on Boxing Day and a completely dead atmosphere. And it made me not want to go to football ever again. Wow. But, um, <laughs> that's Southampton 1987 at home. <laughs> yeah, oh, really? Yeah. No. Is that Zohar? Oh, Is that penalty kick? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just something about them and the, the, the festive season that just just brings out the worst in Palace, I think. And, and But there we go. Um, uh, I just, yeah, I, I, I think look, let's, let's get back to the actual managerial situation and and I really want to know how you all feel because we haven't actually covered that yet with all the calls. And, you know, I, I felt, I was surprised, but I, the, the initial reaction I always find to, to the news, when it's basically when you hear a piece of news, and your initial reaction is your real feelings towards it because you can spend the rest of the day reasoning over this, that and the other. But my initial reaction was one of relief. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. 
At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Um, how did you feel when you heard the news, Joe? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, to be honest with you, after yesterday, I mean, I wasn't one of the ones that booed at the end. Um, but it, it hasn't surprised me. But you can, you can see that the, the naivety, I say naivety, the guy's is 20 years older than me, so he, and he's been in football, you know, forever. But to, we're 3-0 down, and... And he takes he takes off the player that probably could score us or set up a goal, or so much score a goal out of a whole team could set up a goal, and and he replaces him with a with a with a centre back or a right back. Um, that that pretty much. Do you know what I think? That move there pretty much cost him his job because he lost the crowd in that instant. He lost the crowd in that actual verbal in, in that instant. He verbally lost the crowd. When you've got the whole virtually three quarters of the ground singing, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. I think Parish would have just gone, "Oh, well, that's it then." He must have made his mind up there. I'm, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure it was. It did for me. I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was thinking that. I, that, I hope that game did for me as well. You know, I, I've backed. I've backed Neil Warnock. I've. I've. I wouldn't say I've made excuses for him, but I've seen the reasoning, and we'll, I will talk about the logic of the appointment in, in the but, first but place in a moment. Done. But, we, we but yeah. Backed. We have backed him verbally, yeah. backed him because he's our yeah. manager. Yeah, but I mean, yesterday was a turning point. Terence, I know you—you you were someone who was a bit crit- well, certainly critical early on, and have always felt that uh, Warnock's not had a plan B, and and that was his failing. Really, what was your initial reaction? Relief? Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> <Joy>. <laughs> with, a, with a little bit of jumping up and down involved. <laughs> no, I I'm much much like you guys. I, I I don't want to get on a manager's back. I've supported managers to the hill. I was I, I weirdly I saw what Burley was trying to do earlier on. He was trying to get us to play football, and it just weren't working out. We didn't have the personnel. Dorman and Garvin weren't the sort of players he expects him to be, etc. Like I, I stuck with him because I knew what he was trying to do. But with Warnock, from it's from the Sunderland game was the straw that broke the camel's back for me. I was done from that point because. It was from that point. I could only see relegation with each and every game that he stayed. Mm. They're a poor team, Sunderland, weren't they? And it, it was a, it was it wasn't like every performance was like Sunderland, was it? But it just showed you what could could happen on a game where we were just simply unprepared. And we had another of those games yesterday. We we seemed unprepared. Uh, we we, you know, everyone knows how we're going to set up, don't they? You know. But we did. We didn't seem to adapt in any way to what Southampton were going to do, and when a striker runs through, you know, seven minutes into the game without without a challenge on him and just does that, you just there's something wrong. There's something wrong in the setup. And um, then I there was that weird experiment yesterday with Balassi and Punchin playing on the same wing for large periods of time. Yeah, just I've noticed Joel Ward overly exposed. It's just things like that. It was just is this your attempt at tactics? I'm not. But sure I think he's doing. It looked like punching at a free roll yesterday because I saw him playing in the centre for, for large parts of the game. I, I couldn't agree. quite work out where he was actually playing. And it, it, it didn't seem to... 
I don't. I, I really. Don't I think. Know. I think it was almost the last throw of the dice, wasn't it? I mean, I've seen. I've noticed when Wilf and Yannick have played together, often they do end up on the same wing for like a minute or so, um, usually after a set piece or something like that. But you're right. It was. It was extended periods of time that um, the Punchin and, and Balassi ended up on the same wing, and you also did see once again Yannick moving central to play as a striker at times, and it just it's just not. It's just not going to work. It was never going to work. Um, he might have the. The three might, wingers yeah. again on the same at the same time. Um, Patrick, you were, you were someone who was much more, um, you know, vehement in your backing of Neil Warnock. You know, and you you felt that it's quite an easy thing just to blame a manager and to keep second a manager, and, and that was basically how you felt, wasn't it? Most definitely. I mean, I don't know what time. What time did it officially uh, hit 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 over there in in the oh, England as far as eleven fifteen. Yeah, because I woke up about 8 o'clock, which is about 1 o'clock your time, to see my Twitter blowing up. And I was just, I was shocked. I mean, I wasn't surprised at all, obviously, because based on yesterday, you kind of felt it coming. I mean, but like Terence was saying, I, I've backed every man we've ever had. I go back, I really go back to, to Burt Head. I mean, I was four years old, but I basically go back that far. I don't care who the manager is. I'll always back the manager That's until... Say that again? That's old. That is old. Yeah. <laughs> it is old, I know. <laughs> oh, oh, anyway, moving right along. Um, so I've always backed the manager, but in, in Warnock's case, I'm, I'm a little bit like I, I, I'm a little bit like what, what Chris is saying. You know, the thing was, um, he was thrown into a situation where Pulisic quit two days before the season started. He obviously lobbied for the job with the with the owners, which is why he probably got the job. And he was a safe pick because honestly, no one else wanted a job at the time. And if they didn't want the job, they ended up having some controversy, obviously with Mackay. So. I didn't have a problem with him getting the job. People had a huge problem with him the way he left the first time. I don't give him that much of a problem because of the fact that the administration thing, I think, caused him to want to leave. And I can't blame anybody wanting to get out of that situation. Players want to leave at the same time. So, it's, little, it's you know, it was, it was very confusing. But, again, I think yesterday's match reminded me so much of the Fulham match when Holloway left. The way that the supporters treated him, Holloway, I mean, at the end of that match, HF running down to boo him as he walked off the field. We're very similar to yesterday, how they basically turned their back on Warlock and, you know, you don't know what yeah. you're doing and not cheering in the second half. So my concern is that I think the fans have a bit of a, too much of influence on what we're doing as a board. And that's why my main concern yeah, yeah. is that has gone. I don't have a problem. Listen, it wasn't working out. We've got to move on. Um, but I just think that the fans have really got taken, you know, whether it be, you know, the BBS Twitter at at the matches. I just think the fans. I think the board might be listening a little bit too much. That that concerns me because uh, that's not really the way we what, what the club that we really are. To be honest with you, so that really concerns me. Mm, uh, they, they, sorry, they didn't listen when um, we didn't want Warnock though. <laughs> you know, no. you, you say that you say that, but honestly, was it that vehement that we didn't want Warnock? Honestly, I think there was as much uh, dislike for Pulis before we hired him as there was for, for Warnock. I no. just, I, can, can I just put in very quickly? Yeah. I just I, I read that fiasco of an HF statement, right? And it actually says that right. they consulted with the club over the hiring of our manager. Not at all. Not at all. Because because if they want to, right? I, I'm going to put my hands up and say W like row nine one five nine one sixty. That's <laughs> I'm my own little the holy oak section two seats, and I want my say in you in the club. Holy eight fanatics. Anyway, yeah, well, I don't um, know about it. This would be the... Look, I just think um, it's important to recognise that the club, are, what they're doing is they're recognising groups of supporters, but them Three. saying that they consulted with the club isn't the club saying we listen right. solely to the HF, is it? Uh, right. the, the HF as a, as a 
group that have done what they've done, they deserve to have a voice if they want a collective voice. Anyone can have a collective voice. Just like it's no different to you know to the people who stand at the back of Block W slating other people for not singing or anything like that. It's no diff- It's no different to any person in the crowd who left you know after an hour yesterday or whatever. Everyone's entitled to to give their view. Um, I don't think. Um, whether the perception is that um, the HF have made a huge difference in changing the mind of, you know, the changing Steve Parrish's mind to um, to sack a manager or whatever. I, I don't think that that's the case, but I think their view would be considered, uh, and like it would any other fan who, who's on Twitter and talking about what they think. And I mean, I think you're talking about the sheer volume as well. You know, if you get a hundred tweets after we lose a match saying, oh, you don't know what you're doing, sack the manager, blah, 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 blah. If you get like, you know, 15,000 tweets to saying the same thing and people that you know are reasonable and are making a strong you know who have con- contacted steve parish on twitter or even mark bright or someone like that and, and made a reasoned argument and said look enough is enough blah, blah. then you're going to get listened to aren't you i think i think maybe maybe i'm wrong i don't know maybe can i just to fo- uh, <laughs> phil morgan turned around and said on uh, on twitter said tomorrow's game reminds me of pompey away after alan smith was sacked a similar result would do nicely yeah indeed <laughs> I want to pick a couple of other little tweets up because it's on the topics that we're talking about. We did have a, a call that we missed because we were talking too much. Apologies there. But I'm sure we'll uh, we'll get you back at some point. Um, Seaside Rocker said that um, he felt relieved and that, um, he feels that Steve Parrish should have done it a few weeks ago. Uh, his shout is for some young blood and Eddie Howe. Um, here, here. And, and Jedi says, um, what got me was the supporters leaving with over 20 minutes to go. It hurts seeing empty seats around the ground before the end. Uh, I'd have expected that one on Boxing Day anyway, but it was a fairly significant walkout. And, you know, I was next to ne- next to someone who's never walked out in God knows how long. I forget how old he is now, but um, a long, long, you know, he hasn't ever walked out of a Palace game. And he said bye three or four times, <laughs> but never never quite made it out the door. But um, but he was, he was that's as close as, probably, as he's probably ever been to walking out of the game. So, no, that's, it does happen. That, that is how things can go. And, you know, it was, it was a difficult game to watch yesterday and it was a culmination of, of a lot of things and I felt we have been steadily heading towards this point. Um, so, I mean, that kind of covers the why of, of why it happened now and why it didn't happen earlier. Is, so I just felt, I don't know if you guys felt this, that I just thought yesterday was the first time I've ever looked at a game and actually thought not one of those players has gone out believing what they've been told will win them the game, will win them the game. Oh, MacArthur. Do you see what I mean? I thought MacArthur was our best player by an absolute mile. <clears throat> yeah, the, 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 what I'm, yeah, you're right. And I'm, what I'm trying to say is that they all tried. They all gave their best, but they just you didn't to seem to... Yeah, you've yeah. got to believe that the, the end result of what you're told to do and how you're set up will give you a positive result. And they, you didn't, can, they didn't look like it. Yeah, because you can see there's some, there's a, like some certain genus of quite missing. So there's something missing. We haven't got the... the you know, Listen, I'm down at row nine, and I can hear everything usually that goes on on the pitch. I could hear nothing yesterday from those players. Nothing at all. You know, it, they, nobody was talking. It was just, it, it was just, it was really strange. It was quiet on the pitch and it was quiet off it. Right, Jeff, we've got a caller um, coming up now, hopefully. Uh, hello, you're on air. Hello. Oh, who's that? Jack. Hello, Jack. What you got to say, mate? Um, a lot, really. I just thought I actually tweeted, um, five minutes during the game into it that he needed to go due to the formation that he just set up. It's, it, you know, our main threats 
wide and he just decided to play Belassi up front with punching in the hole. It's just it was a joke from the start yesterday and the body language of the team was just horrible to see. It, it was, and it's exactly what we've just been saying, actually, Jack. You, you, you're spot on there. I know you had a, a point sort of make on this, Terence. Um, of body language is you're looking at Joel Ward just has given up at left back. Um, and looking at Scott Dan, Scott Dan has been the best centre back we've had since Craig Moore in my eyes. Mm. And in the last few weeks, he's made three errors that have led to goals after not making a single error at his whole time at the club. You don't go from being a great centre back to one just making consistently making mistakes if you're believing in what's going on behind you. And I'd in the last few weeks I think Scott Dan has just given up because he just genuinely doesn't believe it believe in it yeah no you're right we're getting we're getting mistakes from players that weren't making mistakes before and you I don't know I was always watch the captain as well always watch Jedinak and he's doing he's he's doing all the right things you know he's trying to g the players up but I just look at the I look at his face and he just doesn't seem like he's he's you know he, he's almost saying it's let's do this in spite of what you know what the manager's been telling us rather than because of it's difficult one jack i mean what, what, what do you think i mean where do you think we should go next what, what kind of a manager would you like to replace neil warnock um experience we need premier league experience take a gamble um i, I don't know who but we need That's... someone with premier league experience it's, there's no doubt about it because you know they're gonna make their money enough staying up um and if this American does come in, then, you know, he's not going to want a championship team. So, experience. Do you think so that? Go on. Sorry, go on, so Jack, you're looking at someone like Tim Sherwood or Chris Eaton, aren't you? Well, if that's who it is, then if that's who it's got to be, you know. I mean, <laughs> if, I mean, if you're looking about your criteria, which I understand, obviously, yeah, yeah. based on what, what Brighty just said, that's pretty slim picking, don't you think? Um. Well, yeah, but... Who else do you go for? Yeah. The only other one. The only other one that matches Jack is Tony Pulis, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, back there again. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Uh, listen. Bright, he said that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your call, Jack. Really appreciate it. No Cheers. I think we've also got. <laughs> oh, and he was when no, he said no worries. He's gone. Yeah. Bye, Jack. God, oh, producer's a bit harsh there. Uh, I believe this might well be Ben. Hello. <coughs> Hello. Hello. Is that Ben? Hello. Hello. Who's that? It's Gary. Gary's oh, Gary. Oh, Gary. Hello, Gary. You're right. Yes, thank you. Follow you. Oh, not too bad, I guess, considering. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit <laughs> grim, isn't it? It is a bit grim. Uh, what have you got to say, mate? No, um, I was. Oh, I just agree with the guy that actually's on at the moment. Really, in, in his, I think they've got to get somebody that's got some experience um, at that level. But also, you know, I've got to be honest. They've got to support them with a good backroom setup, and also, you know, if they are requesting players, they've got to let them bring them in. Yeah, uh, that, yeah, yeah. That's my point. I think you know. I do agree that the I'm a season ticket holder. The performance yesterday was poor, but he's, a, he's been used as a bit of a scapegoat. I think Warnock. Mm. You know, he took the job. Nobody else. You know, the question I would ask is why did nobody else want it? It's a good question. I mean, obviously, there were some people who, who did want me want the job, but it's a tough one, isn't it? Because going, it's a point I wanted to talk about about the point of actually when we when we appointed Warnock. Um, yeah. I feel a little bit, almost a little bit guilty because when we were all talking about who to appoint, I I said, look, 
I don't think there's anyone out there who's going to actually fit, who's, who's actually a good fit for where we are at the moment. It, it, you know, and Absolutely. as Gels just put it, and I just thought we need someone who is almost essentially Tony Pulis, someone who can come in, uh, is very, uh, is a strong leader, a disciplinarian, you know, and can just get the team playing as it was playing. Yeah. Uh, and for that reason, I could see totally see the logic in appointing Neil Warnock. It just didn't work. It just didn't. No. You know, it just didn't actually function. So we're, we're now in this position. But it's a yeah. terrible choice to have to make, isn't it? It is. And I, and I just think, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm like yourself, I'm a massive Palace fan. I've been, I'm 53 years old. I've been all my life a Palace fan. And I'm used to, as everybody is, the ups and downs. But I actually thought we got to a point where actually we're going to be half decent for a few years. Um, and the disappointing thing for me is that I think somebody touched on it at the beginning of the show. It might have been Brighty. I think for everybody connected to Paris, at some point it does have to come out what happened between Pulis and, and Parrish. Mm. Because I think it's actually, it bites away at a lot of people. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, totally. It bites away at people as to why. Uh, you know, where, where did it go so badly wrong? And, and you know, I, I just feel that we've got to bring someone in with some experience that can take us forward. I think the squad is good enough to stay up, personally. Yeah, I do as well. I, I just think that yeah, they do need some clear leadership, and they showed under Tony Pulis that they need drilling in terms of organisation. Got to watch my phrasing there, but in terms of organisation, <laughs> they, 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 no, absolutely. Yeah. Yesterday, that discipline was missing, wasn't it? It was. I felt players were doing what they thought they should do rather than what they'd been told to do. Does that make sense? It does, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, and I think that's why it went off the radar a little bit yesterday. But I do hope they bring the right person in. But for me, it does have to be... I don't think they're in a position to gamble with somebody. No. It... That, 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 you know, I think if we... I think young managers are out there, like... I mean, I think Eddie Howe would be a good shout. But again, I just... It would be lovely to bring someone in that's been there, has got a little bit of age of experience behind them. Um... You know, someone that the players might actually look up to. Which yeah, I, I think, think so. I think what they did with Pulis, I do think, like him or loathe him, he demanded that respect. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what has been missing, to be honest with you. But I also think the backroom team's important as well. You've got, yeah. to, have a, you've got to have your own people with you. Yeah, that's a good shout. I mean, it, obviously, he kept the people on who were there, and but he also he, he mentioned he wanted a, a you know a full time assistant, and there was also mentioned that a sporting director would be appointed, and neither of those two appointments happened. So they haven't, no, you know. and, and you know, no disrespect to the man, but he's ended up with two coaches for me that weren't particularly doing very well in the lower leagues, mm. um, and and you know, I just look at it and think, hmm. He's not been backed. He's not for me. He's not been properly supported. No, there's, there's a good argument for that, definitely. Yeah, but that's only my call. Um, yeah. My my honest point is, you know, I just hope they make the right call this time because yeah. I think it could be make or break for us. Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's absolutely vital. Gary has a lot of sense spoken there and got a good reaction Lovely on fun. that. Um, I know. Oh, Ter I'm going to let you go and then I think we'll talk to Terence. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Gary. Thank you. Bye, bye now. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Go on, Terence. Uh, someone, someone was saying earlier about a lot being make and break. We feel like that's often the case at Palace. This time, I'm not sure it's so make and break for the club, but it's certainly make or break for 2010 because 2010, their end game was always to sell the club on. They never, under any pretenses, came and say, we're going to be here for the next 15 years. Yeah. Their end game was to stabilise the club and send to someone who can take it on. 
we're now in this position where if we do not get this appointment right, we will go down and they will not be able to sell the club. So it is make or break for 2010 if they want to fulfil their end game of stabilising the club and moving it on to the next level by selling it on to someone who can take it to that next level. And if this, if, like I say, if we do not get this appointment right, that offer goes away for them. And you can, you've seen, we know eight years last time we were down in the championship, it can take a, it's a very, very difficult division to get out of. It really is, especially look at it now. You look at the quality in there and the amount of money some of those clubs have to spend as well. It's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, we do have another caller, but we are going to have to, I think, uh, go on, we'll talk to Ben first. Hello, Ben. Hi, guys. Hello, mate. You all right? Yeah, yeah, good, thank you. Yeah. Excellent. Um. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really, just a, uh, a couple of points. Um, I just want to make. First was about um, who I think the uh, new manager who I wouldn't mind coming in. And secondly, uh, after a bit of research, um, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, I don't believe everything in the papers until it's con- officially confirmed and true. But um, there's been a report in the mail saying that Parish visited the training ground last week and he wasn't impressed by what he saw. Um, which uh, to me kind of uh, fits into like him getting sacked now, rather than having to wait till tomorrow's game, um, uh, and then just to give him one more chance and go. So it kind of says to me that you know it was really the right moment. Although it could have been done weeks ago, it was better now than later. Um, uh, just on that point, really. Yeah, that, I, I, uh, on, sorry, Chris. That's me. Um, yeah, um, I've I've heard rumours today that. Uh, Neil Warnock's children were training with the first team. Now, oh, really? Oh. And that Mal story seems to corroborate with that. We're not being happy with what he's seen at the training ground. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. Look, no, I was going to say, obviously, that's, that's you know, you've clarified that that's a rumour. But I mean, I, I know Alex has, has been very vocal on this show before about. Um, I think he's pretty much said it on air that he believed that Neil Warnock was at the training ground probably, I think he said twice or three times a week maximum, uh, and just left it to the coaches more often than not. But having said that, Brighty at the top of the show was quite clear in saying that, you know, he'd been, obviously he spends quite a lot of time at the training ground and, you know, and he and he felt that the, the players were happy and, you know, and the togetherness was there. But he did he did obviously leave out any sort of mention of the training methods and things like that, I think. So it'd be, I'm not, you know, it'd be interesting. Those stories often you know, do have uh, some semblance of truth for certain, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, okay, uh, well, sort of last question you got for you, really. Uh, have you got anyone in mind that you'd like to come in, Ben? Uh, if I was the owner, if I was Steve Parrish, um, the first thing I would do is go just get Tony Pulis back. I know that a lot of fans are saying, you know, well, he, look, he, the fact is, just face it, he's not going to come back. He's not here. You've got to move on. You've got to look at it as a happy memory. But... I would just give it one more shot and say, look, I'm sorry I was too forceful. I wasn't, you know, I was a bit too demanding. I'll let you do it your way this time. Can you trust me? If he st- if that still didn't work out, as much as I'd probably regret it later, I would go for Tim Sherwood only because, believe it or not, uh, if you were to start from the year, I think, 2004, of all the Tottenham managers, he did have the highest winning ratio, even more than what Harry Redknapp did. And it was wrong of him, wrong, wrong of him to get sacked. He's not had the greatest Premier League experience, but I think that he did show enough to be proven that he could have been given the uh, chance uh, to show what he could have done. And I think out of all the bookies' favourites, it would be him rather than, say, Chris Hewitt or Eddie Howe. 
Mm. Okay, Ben. Um, just before you go, Joe wants a word. He's got an angry face on, so just <laughs> break, break, brace yourself. Ben, I've, ben, I've got a, there's, a, there's a few things that you need to know, right? And and, and uh, I say I ain't going to disclose how I know them, but let me tell you this, right? That Pulis only ever only he only ever wanted a one year contract. Right, but he was forced to do a two-year deal. He's only going to come to us a two-year deal. He didn't want to come. He never put his name up for the job. He was pursued by Steve Parrish. That's what I'm led to believe. Right. Secondly, that he got his bonus, and two days later, he quit. All right. So, it, 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 what he did it was tr- completely treacherous. Right to our club. He will never come back. He'll never get a backing from me ever, ever. From some of the stuff that I know from absolutely trusted people within the club. All right, and. The, the thing is, we need to we need to uh, we need to get someone in who is who we, is going to be long term, who is young enough to have fresh ideas, to take a fresh outlook on it, and and I personally don't think it needs to be someone who who uh, who has been in a Premiership. I really don't. I think I think you can see enough from a professional point of view. You can look at the Premiership from the outside, and you know, you know, when, when we look at people like every now and then you hear uh, uh, about people that Jose that trained with Jose Mourinho for months and even years, and no one ever knew it until Jose comes out and says, "Oh yeah, I had this, I had this fellow when I was at Milan. I had him. Well, Bobby Robson was working with with Jose Mourinho. No one knew that. No one knew that until Bobby Robson turned around and said, "I got, you know, I I taught him." you know, a lot of what I know and then look how far he's come. That's when you start to understand that football is hugely into gel with itself where people go off and they go off for months. You don't hear about them for nothing. And all of a sudden they've been with, uh, with Milan or they've been, they've been with Barcelona or something like that. And they're learning. They go off and learn their, how to coach. And I, th- and I personally think that we wouldn't go, we wouldn't do any wrong if we bought in someone like Eddie L because that geezer, I'm telling you now, if we play Bournemouth tomorrow, they'd run rings around us absolutely run rings about it. No, it wouldn't run. They pass rings around us. That's the thing. I, I, I truly believe that. But it's, like Mark Bright says, he wishes that someone would come out and tell the truth. Because I'm telling you now, they're only a single Palace fan. Not a single Palace fan. Not even for football reasons that would have that man back at our club. I'll tell you now, I've got two season, two season tickets. If he come back to our club, I'll bin them both. I'll say that now. Yeah. After all of the great... <laughs> Why <laughs> playing footage? What, why, I mean, you, from what you said about the year's contract and that he, I mean, you're, you're right in saying that he never wanted to be at the club because he was saying, no, I don't want to take it, but he took advice from a couple of close friends of his. No, it was Sir Alex Ferguson and um, Stokes Ian chairman. Coates, yeah, yeah. But um, didn't, so are, are you also saying that at the end of the season, after all that great achievement that he did, he even, he, he, he he did want to, during, sorry, during the summer, like during the US tour, he wanted to go. Yeah, he did. Uh, I'm going to stop you there, Joe. I'm going to have to let you go in a <laughs> sec, Ben. But just I know you want to keep going. And that's like Brighty said at the top of the show, it'll all come out one day. Look, at the end of the day, um, it's it's a difficult situation to talk about with any real certainty. A lot of things based on uh, rumor and all that sort of business. Patrick seems to want to speak, but I'm going to let you go first, Ben. Ben, cheers. Thank okay. you so much Thank for your you. call. Um, Good night, on, Patrick. Bye. Right. Uh, uh, great rant, Joe, and I'm going to agree with you on the on the on the on all of it, obviously. But I, I will say, I saw the man twice at the U.S. tour, and I'm telling you, and I heard from somebody else. I'm not going to mention the man did not want to be here during the summertime, and which is why I'm I'm so furious. I wish he had just left the end of the season. We could have got somebody in there. And that's exactly why I'm so upset. Not that he left, but the way that he left, because obviously, take the money. I got no problem with that. I know. For, I just. I'm not going to say I know for a fact. The man did not want to be here during the summertime, and it was that time he could have left and set us up for both a new manager, 
and a transfer window, and he and he messed us up on both, and that's why I would never take the man back ever. Julian Speroni was quoted, wasn't he, in saying that he wasn't surprised when Pulis left. Exactly. Chris, you remember the Brentford game? I was standing next to you, and I said, look at Pulis. He hasn't said a word all game. Yeah, yeah, you were right, yeah. He didn't say a word all game. He sat there with his arm on the halfway line, with his arms folded, and didn't say a single word. We got beat 3-1, 3-2, whatever we lost. And he didn't say a word. And I said to you at that time, look at him. That is not a man who wants to manage our club. And I've yeah, said that to you pre season. Yeah, yeah. I'll back you up on that. You did indeed say that. <laughs> uh, guys, we're going to do a little bit of a QA with some of the emails we've got. I had loads of contact today. We're not going to get to it all. Um, really do appreciate everyone who got in touch. Um, so, what, we, what we've had a suggestion from it says Demi, Demi Kilaris. Um, why don't we go foreign like Swansea and Southampton did? Uh, have we really a lack of tactical managers in this country with charisma like the foreign managers have? At least foreign managers try to play attractive football in the correct way. We all want to see pass and move game at Celeste, uh, you know. And uh, what do these supporters and board board of directors want? So, uh, Terence, I'll give you that one. Um, is there scope for a foreign management? And, and do you can you divide them like that as a foreign manager plays attractive football and a British manager doesn't? Is that fair? Um, Look, tell me five of our players who can pass and move, and I'll say that <laughs> you can pass. MacArthur. Hanglen. Yeah, one. One. Maybe one. Hanglen, Murray, um, Gale. Right. That's four. That's off the top of my head. Jedi can, Jedi can pass it as long as it's only within well. six feet. <laughs> <laughs> and then win it back in a tackle. But... Having said that, I know the point that Terence is making. Yeah, he's is, right. is exactly right. We're not a pass and move side. So not only do you have to go and get a, a, a manager, you then have to go and get a team that a manager can actually work with. Um, you know, Swansea took a long, long time to build up what they did. And they also, through coaching, mainly with, with Martinez in there, through coaching in the lower leagues, gave you know people like Ashley Williams the time to develop a, an ability to sort of to be a ball playing centre back and you know that sort of stuff we're, we're in the Premier League now we don't have the luxury of converting the players we've got to being you know superstars on the ball and all that sort of stuff so it's um yeah uh, go on Joe you want to you make mention of what you're saying there while I look at the next okay email. well I just I just have loads of people contacting me on all sorts of, uh, of social media, but also a lot of my friends. So these are guys in their 30s, 40s and 50s. And let me tell you, apart from Medial, which a lot of people have sort of agreed with me, with you know, we, we, there's a lot, a lot of people that fancy Medial and giving him a chance. But there are a lot of people that want Alan Pardew. And these are, this is a, this is, these are not the kids, you know what I mean? These are people that have seen Palace and have gone to Palace for a long time. And, and there's a couple of them, that are not even Palace fans, that are sitting with think, Pardew would be good for you. But then saying now, I tweeted my friend Craig, who's lost souls forever, who lives in Newcastle, huge Geordie, and he turned around and said, mind you, if he'd have asked him this three months ago, he'd, he'd have paid for his train fare back down here. <laughs> but he said to, this afternoon to me, not a chance. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, the fact is that everyone's on, you know, they're basically signed their lives away when they signed for Mike Ashley. I mean, it was an eight-year deal, I think, Pardew. It's, so. it's, five, it's five million quid to get Pardew, so, you know. Yeah, so, it's, so we're really we're yeah. really not going to get him. But, I mean, you know, again, why would he want to Why would he want to come to you know, to a club that's on the build? Maybe maybe I, in two or three years, I think, would be Yeah, Pardew I have a strong belief that, that Pardew would like yeah, one to day and will be uh, yeah. on Sunday, yeah. I agree, yeah. I agree. But um, can I just say one more thing about Eddie well, Howe? I, I, and I've said this today, I honestly believe that this guy will manage England one day. He's got a creepy smile, though, hasn't he? Have you noticed? I don't care. He can be whatever he wants to be, but he, he just plays football the right way for me. And I think, you know, with the players he's got, he has a huge chance of getting to the Premier League. Yeah, you know, really. And, 
if we don't get things right, we could be passing. You know, we could be passing him on the, the wrong way. Yeah, he yeah. didn't have the best times at Burnley, did he? But um, but but That's certainly where, where he's comfortable at Bournemouth, he's done brilliantly. Absolutely. Uh, go on, Terence. You said first. Yeah, no, just Eddie Howe did. Ha- you can't brush over what happened at Burnley because then Sean Dyche went and took the same team to the Premier League. Yeah. Fair. Fair, very fair. Yeah, uh, no, no, fair point. But I, you know, I'm led. To, well, I'm sure it was actually in the press that um, the the house problems at Burnley just involved him not settling, you know, in the area and up north. Yeah, essentially, you know, having family. family. So, exactly, and that can that can have a huge impact. But uh, yeah, I mean, I know, I know. Remember when we talked to Steve Parrish at the time that he was in, he was incredibly impressed with how and, and was very upset not to be able to appoint him. So. Um, you know, I'm sure he's, he's he's one on the list, but I don't know if he'll be he'd want to leave what he's got at the moment because it's going incredibly well for him. Um, uh, next... uh, sorry, just one more bit on how Mark Bright was adamant earlier in the, on the conversation. It's going to be somewhere Premier League experience. So I don't, I I doubt he's even on the table. I I doubt he's even attainable. Well, he said he thinks he thinks they would need Premier uh, League experience. Uh, That's what he said. Uh, well, so, sure. yeah, I mean, okay, but I think. He wants Premier League experience, and I don't think Eddie Howe's going to be leaving Bournemouth. That's just right. fair point. Unless you put a massive pot of gold in his hands, I just don't understand. I can't. I can't see it happening. Why is he leaving it? He's onto such a good thing there. Totally you're right. Um, you've led us brilliantly onto the the next email there, Terence. You're a pro. <laughs> a message from CJ Hall on, on the subject of spending money, and uh, I'll ask this one to Patrick. Uh, do you think that any new manager can get the owners to cut loose and spend enough to build? Mm. Seems he, that none of the recent, man, recent managers have been able to get the owners to cut loose and spend to buy the to get the the needed players. Um, I don't know if that's fair. First of all, but go on, Patrick. I yeah, I disagree with that whole concept. I mean, Pulis had money to spend um, at the beginning. We bought in. Uh, decent players with you know with Ledley and Inst at that point when he was there he came in obviously uh, later after Holloway left so he had money you couldn't get that money to Warnock Warnock came in, in what three weeks two weeks before the the window so I think the whole thing about the money and again as George pointed we bought MacArthur so we I think the the money is not an issue I think it's getting the right person at the right time to spend money I'll be honest with you we're not going to spend money in this Warnock in this window in my opinion because I don't think the window again is going to come up with us with no manager or a manager that's in there for a couple of weeks I think we're going to be in the same issue we were when uh, Warner took over we're going to, the window's going to be too short we're going to have money to spend and no one's going to want to take our money basically um, very quickly Terence you just want to say what you just said <laughs> yeah but Pulis had money to spend in the summer but the money he went after unachievable targets he went exactly. after on purpose six- on purpose, on purpose by the way. he went after Sigurdsson. Yeah. He knows we can't pay the seventy grand a week. <laughs> exactly, we're not playing Colker seventy grand a week to come and play so, for us. Exactly, oh. he, he did that on purpose. Don't get Joe started. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, very. I want to get to as many of these emails as we can. I think the the general consensus there would always be that that we will spend do what Steve Parrish has always said we'll do. We'll we'll not make, uh, mortgage the future of the club, but there is money to spend. So I think that any manager is going to get that message. That we do a point. Uh, Albert Campbell uh, says, Mark Bright for manager, great passion and knowledge, knows the club, knows the players, highly respected. Not sure, we never, didn't ask Bright if he's done his coaching badges, really. Yeah, we so should have asked. Should have yeah. asked. He's always obviously done some coaching badges because he coaches at the club, but I'm not sure he's qualified as, uh, as a manager. Yeah, um, Colin Fernley has got in touch. He says, despite the manager change, we're going to get changed because Jedi and Yala are going in January. Obviously, to the AFCON and to the Asia Cup, um, and they are key. So changes have to be made in style. What changes do you think will happen, Joe? Barry Bannon. Barry Bannon, you reckon? Yes, Barry Bannon comes in, um, and and MacArthur and 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 uh, it'll be that McJedley 
That's that's what I think. Um, Jedley, but replaced with Bannon. I've got to try and. Patrick, you're going to have to work on a new. And I think Murray. And I think Murray will be playing for us. No matter what, he'll play the rest of the season. He'll get back to come back. Yeah, I think it's going to be. Um, honestly, I think it'll be. Um, uh, Ledley and MacArthur going to go back to Galen. Galen uh, Murray up front. Because they worked last year under um, Pulis Watch. Agreed. Right. Last little bit. Got a few loads of tweets in, actually. So I'm going to have to pick some of the more recent ones. Um, uh, Lucy says that surely it's set up for Sherwood. First home game in the new year is Spurs. Um, yeah, pit perfect. God help us. You, you don't like Sherwood, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible, <laughs> do you reckon? <laughs> you know what it is? I don't know what it is about Sherwood. I don't. I think it's the way he comes across. I don't think it's definitely not his ability to manage. I think he did a great job, as Terence said, at Spurs. I just think I've always watched his press conferences and laughed because he's so he seems so arrogant. I'm not sure how he fit in in South London. That's just my opinion. I don't know. Hopefully, I'm wrong. Uh, yeah. I'm not so sure he did a great job at Spurs. I'm not a fan of Sherwood. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> we've got, um, we've got a, uh, a, a one of the well, one of the Spurs podcasts I've been on uh, tweeted today. He just said, "Any Palace fan thinking that Sherwood is the answer, he is not the answer." And just <laughs> there you go. Next. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, if I mean, he, he didn't get the job last time over Warnock, so whether it's likely he'd get the job this time, I don't know, because then you're effectively saying. Uh, um, so, you know, a worse choice than the manager you've just sacked is the best choice. I don't know. I don't know if you could do it that way. I've got, uh, I've got the midfield, the midfield name for the three of them. Ian right. Lyons, <laughs> Ian Lyons has just tweeted me. He says, Machliban. He lives opposite me. I can look at me window and look through. <laughs> and see him now. That's brilliant. brilliant. Love um, football promos has said that Popovich is currently the favourite, and there's a mirror mirror article for that. Popovich is, as I mentioned earlier, is someone that was spoken to um, in the last round of talks, and not only that, he um, you know he did really really well. He's had a tough time this season. They haven't won a game. Um, Sydney, Sydney United, and then a bottom year exactly. Sydney, that's it. Yeah, and um, I think, but I think they've had. I remember a listener getting in touch and explaining that they've had really bad off-field problems, and players haven't been getting paid and all that sort of stuff. So, not to read too much into that, um, but yeah, I mean, I, certainly in those circumstances, he might not be getting paid, so he'd certainly be keen. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Maybe it is the right chance, time for him to come over. He certainly knows the club, but he he would get us playing in a very certain way, and it, I suppose it would probably fit the players we've got. It's solid defence, counter-attacking football. Um, so I can I can certainly see it happening. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of rumours of Dougie coming back, isn't there? But I'm, I'm sure that's um, oh, I hope, well, I'm sure that's wide of the mark. I know someone mentioned to me the other day who who knows um, who knows uh, Dougie through their family mentioned that the parish and Dougie have well and truly patched up their differences now, and you know, so it's not beyond the realms of possibility. Terence, you said you wanted to mention something. Yeah, uh, doesn't the appointment come down to whether we do think the takeover is going to happen or not, though? It does, so, yeah. If they think the takeover is in advanced enough stages that if we stay in the Premier League, it will happen, we're going to go after someone and splash some money on it. They're very prudent with the way they spend their money. They won't spend it, but if they feel like it's worth spending, they'll spend it. So it could be someone we're not looking at, someone who's in a job. We might just flat out go after someone and take them. It's true. If that's possible. It's true, yeah. If things are, you're right. If things are advanced to that sort of level where... You know they've got an input on what happens now. Um, you're right. We could we could go and spend a huge sum of money getting someone, or getting someone who's already been primed for the job. You never know. 
Like, um, like you know, Steve McLaren, he's doing so well at Derby. He's been yeah. England manager before. He's managing the Premier League. He knows what he's doing. Wally with a brolly. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, he's always it's always going to be hard for him to shake that. But he's coming back nicely at Derby. He's doing a very good job there. Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't become a bad coach overnight. And he was incredibly highly rated by a lot of people in the game, wasn't he? But I didn't um, rate his Dutch accent. <laughs> can, I, can I just put a real a real idea out there and and I think this guy I, I don't know why I don't know if he's injured or maybe he's because he's 44 he might have age might have caught up for him but um, Eddie Boyer yeah, why ain't he playing at Spurs at the moment I don't know I don't know enough about it well I'd put a shout you think, out you, you think we should what make him player manager player manager right? no, 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 no 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 no, I'm just saying, if we want a forward, I don't think we've, mm. you know, he just scores goals, doesn't he? Well, Sherwood liked him, didn't he? So we'll see oh, what there you are. go. So Sherwood, and he'll bring him over. Um, That's the other thing as well. If we get someone who has got premiership experience, and it is, and it, just say, for instance, it is Tim Sherwood, I don't think he left them underneath a huge cloud. There's a chance that we could, you know, you always, player, managers always seem to like to go back to clubs and, and, and nick the odd player. Yeah, Joe, nick Harry Kane then. Well, <laughs> you know, like, 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 uh, like he's a good before. player. Well, he turned around and said before, though, didn't he? Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. He tried joking. to get him two or three times before the season started, and Spurs said no. So Anyway, um, so very, let's, let's wrap this up a little bit. Uh, Mark Davis said he can't see how leaving Bournemouth, particularly after his experience at Burnley, once bitten and all that, which is a fair point, one we sort of came to as well. Um, I don't know what that's in reference to from uh, Mark there, so I'm going to have to move on swiftly. Oh, well, that's bad. The last two tweets I was going to respond to were in, in the middle of a conversation that I I could go through the entire conversation, I guess. No. It'd take about an hour by the looks of things. So sorry about <laughs> that, Mark. I'm not going to read your tweet out. Um, okay, look, let's let's end it there. We've done, we've, it's, it's gone on an hour and 10 minutes, an hour and 20 minutes. And, um, <laughs> bloody hell. Well, wow. I just turned around and said, Ach, in over my dead body. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. I think that's, uh, that's that's an answer for you there. No, whatever happens, obviously we'll we'll do our best to cover it and um and, and see where we go. But uh, yeah, it's a really difficult situation. Um, and it's certainly thrown a spanner in the works for the transfer window. But I think overall, the general consensus seems to be that everyone thought it was the right time to um to try something different, give us the best possible chance to uh well to achieve something. Do download the podcast for this because you'll get the rousing words from Mark Bright at the start of the show, which I if you if you did miss, I would really encourage you to listen to because he had an awful lot to say uh, from a very very positive perspective and from someone who knows what's going on uh, within the club so thank you to to terence from redandbluearmy.co.uk uh, thanks to Joe and to patrick i've thank been you. chris hambling cheerio yeah. bye now the eagles element news views and reviews on crystal palace www.theeagleselement.com TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. 
take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.